everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year we are also partnering with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge's app is about to drop uh, today as we launch this podcast, September 1st. Um, this is right on their timeline uh, for the app to be live. So look for that very, very shortly. Spartan Forge is uh, building a neural network um, thinking for the deer so you don't have to try to figure it out. Um, they're using the same computers that they use to track uh, bad guys over in the Middle East, Afghanistan. Um, they're patterning these deer based on deer movement information from uh, collared deer studies, from trail cam photos. Uh, they have an incredible pro staff putting together this app. Um, you know, Taylor Chamberlain, Greg Litzinger, Andy May, um, the list goes on, Johnny Stewart. Um, and they're putting all their information in there uh, to make this uh, a turnkey, uh, put you in the right spot in the deer woods. And as soon as the app comes out, the price is going to go up. Um, you can go over to SpartanForge.ai and uh, sign up. There's a free trial there for the service, which online is kind of just a bare bones um something to show you uh but the app is much more comprehensive than that and like i said when that comes out the price is going to go up um so you can go online sign up there you can sign up uh with code bowhunter um, you'll save 25 percent, and that's for the entire year and then you'll be grandfathered in at that discounted rate uh, but as soon as the price goes up you can still use the code uh but it's definitely going to be more so uh that being said you can check them out, SpartanForge.ai. And this episode is an episode with another one of our partners, Basemap. Uh, we've been using Basemap for the last three years. Uh, this is our third year using Basemap. Um, and they just keep getting better and better. And we talk uh, about the differences between um, Onyx and Basemap at HuntStand. Um, we talk about why you should be using it. And then Basemap has added a ton of features um, in uh, since they've started. So um, they keep dropping these updates and they're adding extra um, kind of add-ons uh, for peace of mind um, that we've talked about. Some of the things cost more, some of them are free, um, but some really cool features. Uh, but one of the main things we talk about is the differences in the mapping um, and why maps look different, whether they're downloaded or not. Uh, differences between um, Onyx and base map and why. Um, and we, we catch up with Ed again, and, and we've had him on the podcast a couple times, and uh, it's always a fun uh, conversation. It's more like a sitting around the table at hunting camp than it is uh, tell me about your product type stuff. So, um, And you can also save uh, with code Chronicles. You can save 20% uh, with base map. Base map is... $30 for the entire year right now. So 
saving 20%, it makes it $2 a month, $24 for the entire country. I mean, there's tons and tons of layers, you know, as we're scouting, we go through a little bit of this on the podcast, but, um, you can definitely save yourself some money. And if you're not using a, a mapping software, um, definitely check out base map, um, real quick, uh, shout out to our latest Patreon, uh, Travis Lee, Travis is out of, uh, Macomb, Illinois, and I will get that uh shirt out to you i just need a, a shirt size from you travis and um but patreon is a uh, crowdfunding for creators so basically that just helps us uh produce the podcast um, i'm waiting for this podcast to get back from uh editing right now um and that's being paid for f- right out of this um you know, the recorder that I'm recording this on, the headsets, all of that stuff comes from uh, Patreon. I'm looking at a stack of lumber um, for the rest of our video uh, studio that we're building, uh, finishing that out so we can put a little bit more production into the video side. So there was stuff going up on YouTube. Um, and again, that all comes from uh, the Patreon donation. But with that, we also give back. So with our partners, Basemap gives uh, a one-year pro pack subscription, Spartan Forge, um, Zinger Fletchings. Uh, those guys have reached out to us and said, hey, you know, you want to use some of these? Uh, Try them out, really like them. Uh, we'll give away a test pack, uh, you know, to one of your Patreons. Um, and then we do something big. Um, so we are giving away a... Uh, latitude um, method and we're giving away the tethered one sticks that they gave us so uh, I, I keep seeing on Facebook everybody's looking for these tethered one sticks these tethered one sticks I mean just sign up for patreon uh, get get your name in the hat to try and win these and it's not just the sticks you're getting an entire saddle package so latitude method tethered one sticks I've ordered the ropes from uh, trophy line at this point and uh, <laughs> Sean assured me that they were going to have the EDPs in stock so I was trying to bundle everything together and um, they don't have any EDPs in stock they're supposed to come back this week so as soon as those are in stock I will have um, the EDP ordered and so it's going to be top to bottom uh, sticks platform ropes and a saddle um, and all of that to give back. And then um, uh, Tacticam is also uh, throwing in, I believe, the uh, LR spotter. And so basically what that is is um, that takes the place of like a phone scope or anything like that. It is a digital um, recorder that goes right on your spotting scope. Um, it's got all the adapters to fit on all the spotting scopes, all the different eye relief type things um, and then you can uh, zoom it in further from that and record it right to an SD card um, all of that uh, takes place right on the unit itself so all of those things we're giving away uh, just to say thank you for supporting the show uh, but if Patreon isn't your thing not a big deal go on and leave us a review uh, click that five star button um, let us know what we're doing well, what we can do better. Um, honestly, the more feedback we get, the better we can do. 
and tell somebody else about the show. You know, if you hear something that um, help, will help somebody out, if you know somebody that's not using, uh, you know, any sort of mapping software and they're going to be your your hunting buddy for this year, um, you know, tell them to go get base map and use the code, save some money. I mean, all of that helps us out. Um, just tell somebody else about the podcast. Uh, but we can't thank you enough for listening. I mean, th- this is just growing uh, so much as we're getting into hunting season. Like the numbers are just going crazy for the downloads. And we can't thank you enough. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody. Adam and John back with another episode of the Bow Hunter Chronicles podcast. And uh, we have uh, our, our good buddy, Ed, Ed Gramza from Base Map on the line. We were just talking about how um, the the dichotomy of summer coming to an end, where where did the time go? Uh, but now we're, we're getting back into the hunting season, hunting mindset, and it is rapidly approaching. Yeah, I'll be leaving two weeks from tomorrow for Montana, so going i'm gonna i changed up my dates i'm going a little earlier i'm gonna go after the antelope and because my wife's going on vacation at the same time so i gotta get back so i can't go for three weeks this year so but hopefully i can get it done in a few days (laughs) i'm leaving in in three weeks and i am i'm not counting down the days we we all know that's a lie (laughs) right like like you said it's, it's crazy how fast summer went but you know, for us bow hunters, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We want summer, summer to be over, so fall is here. Right. So before we get into, like, any of that that stuff or the base map stuff or whatever, you know, we're, we're already looking ahead to, to, to next year. How did your last season go, Ed? Oh, man. Haven't we talked since then? I don't know. Um, I thought we talked yeah, back in October. I know he said he went. Yeah, but that wasn't into the rut or anything. Oh man, exciting! My, my, I mean, my white tail season was garbage, <laughs> <laughs> absolute garbage. I mean, I I always take you know five six days and and go out to my aunt and uncle's place where I do all my bow hunting and rifle hunting in Wisconsin, and it was first week of November ish, and man, it was seventy some degrees every day. Yeah, there was nothing moving. <laughs> I, I think I in five days I think I saw two doe and they were together and <laughs> everything else I every other day I saw nothing I think I came home a day early in fact because I was so frustrated and what part of Wisconsin is this is this that uh, southwest Wisconsin okay. okay so is it the acclaimed like Buffalo County I am two or three counties south of Buffalo okay but it doesn't matter because everything, I shouldn't say this, but <laughs> everything on that side of the state is big. Yeah. Even the does, <laughs> right? That you saw, they the were dough. huge. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not just Buffalo. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know the rest of our season. I, you know, through, through the rut in my rutcation, I had a great, I mean, I didn't end up tagging out on my second buck, but I was at full draw and a, really nice buck especially for for here and i got a just a little snippet of video on my tacticam something something to keep me motivated you know going back through all the the videos and and stuff and i'm like i know he was on there somewhere and then i got to look it up and see just you know what that buck was and yeah you know i I was i mean i was in the right spot in the on the right day just didn't 
didn't work out. And I know that's what keeps you coming back. Right. Right. You know, so I, I mean, our, I was back out there a couple weeks later for our opening weekend of rifle season and I hunted for three days. I don't think I saw a single deer. Oh my goodness. Ed. It was brutal. It was brutal. <laughs> well, I maybe, maybe this you know, year they'll be different. Be- <laughs> oh man. I, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I'm headed out, out to the property this weekend to hang cameras and check stands and, and all that stuff. I'm a little bit behind here. I've just been so dang busy with things. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this year will be different because it, it surely can't be any worse than last year. So why do you think that was like, what, how are you hunting uh, that property? Is it like a shared property where you got cousins and aunts and yeah, traips and all over it or. Yeah, we've got a hundred acres and there's, there could be up to four or five bull hunters at any one time. Usually not that many bull hunters. And we all kind of have our own little area of the property we hunt. Um, I really attribute, uh, you know, my, my archery season, it was just so warm when I, when I finally was able to get out there for a string of days, it was just so warm. Yeah. Um, and, and then for rifle, I think if I remember right, it wasn't all that cold for rifle either. So guys were just hunkered down and not moving around, kicking deer around. I mean, we're surrounded by private property. And if there's no hunters moving deer, they've got no reason to be running around. Right. You know, they just go find a hole to lay in and they'll lay there for nine days until rifle season's over. So it, it was just, it was just a bad year all around. I mean, thankfully I tagged out in Wyoming. So I had something in the freezer because, because whitetail was definitely not on the menu. <laughs> So, uh, like, you know, it, it we we say it a lot, and I think it ties really good into like the the, uh, the podcast here today. But like, you know, I grew up with a big piece of property that I got to hunt, and we did a awful job of hunting it and playing the wind, and you know, it was always the stories of of back in the day where hunting used to be great, and this and this and that, you know, the heyday. And I don't know how much of that was like alcohol fueled deer camp camaraderie in all the years are remembered as that one year when everybody got a buck or, or, or whatever. But it seems like, you know, with that, you know, you say you got four guys, so that gives you 25 acres and you're surrounded by private. Cause that was going to be my next question is like, could you move? Could you shift? Could you, could you do that? And it, it, I always thought of, you know, if you had private land, it was, a slam dunk it was going to be so easy and and maybe not not so much well you know it's funny our you know my aunt and uncle and my cousins that i hunt with so there's five of us for you know opening day rifle we have a little lottery system and and it goes if you shoot if you even shoot at a deer whether you hit it or not you get down to the bottom of the list for picking where your spot is and and honestly, being at the top of the list is like the kiss of death because there's so much pressure on you to pick anywhere on 100 acres and you're always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so I was at the top of the list this year and last year, and lo and behold, didn't see any deer, but people at the bottom saw deer. Now, was that for harvesting deer or just shooting at them? Even so, if you if no, I'm you, talking about you specifically. How'd you get get to the top two years in a row? Oh man, not harvesting. <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, there, there's there were years and years and years where I'm where I'm at the bottom or at least in the middle because you know I generally for rifle only hunt for two to three days 
and my aunt and uncle live out there. So they're out there every dang day. So, you know, they're generally at the bottom because they're just, you know, shoot anything. Uh, so, but, but seriously, being at the top is definitely the kiss of death. And I need to, I need to break that streak this year because it's getting old. Well, I mean, I know that you have obviously killed deer and you've killed deer out of state and killed antelope yep. and elk and all of these things. Right. But I mean, it sounds like your system is set up to put the worst hunter at the top. So maybe it's not the spot. <laughs> well, so if if my family was on this podcast, they would probably tell you my my nickname that I've had since I was thirteen hunting with them. It's, it's the Jinxster. <laughs> but again, usually I'm usually I'm towards the bottom of the list, which is where you want to be. It's just so much pressure to pick pick a spot, and you think, okay. You start going through all your trail camera pictures. Okay, this buck has been here and here and here. You know, this has got to be today. And you go there and there's not a thing. So in that scenario, how does it usually work then? Who, who's, uh, I mean, is it that quintessential um, story of overanalyzing it where everybody goes to their favorite spot and then you send in, you know, the the youngest kid over to this area where nobody hunts and then he shoots something because that's where the pretty deer get pushed pretty much <laughs> okay you know so, so I, I i think about you know we've got man we've got i don't know a dozen stands on the property you know so you think about okay is it nice outside how long am i gonna sit how comfortable is this stand which way is the wind blowing how many deer have i seen on the trail camera by that stand <laughs> so yes there's definitely a lot of over analysis going on so john that's pretty much you know he's outlining how you grew up hunting your whole life right <laughs> yeah and, and I, don't, I don't know i don't know if i should if i should say this on here but i will anyway but generally, you know, the pick is, is also alcohol-induced. <laughs> <laughs> so that's part of it? That is part of it. All right. So he's at the top. Here, it's time for shots, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. So since we talked last, there's been like a bazillion changes um, it, on the base map platform. And, and you know, for me last year... I mean, I think we, I feel like we should talk about this every single podcast that John and I do. Cause I know we talked about it last night, but you know, base map will give you a means easy top, uh, <laughs> track. If, if you let it, we need to make a shirt with that on there. <laughs> We're like, what the hell is that? Oh, that's Adam's track. That's his, uh, <laughs> you know, that's his breadcrumb trail. And we're going to our hot spot. <laughs> but, uh, you know, honestly, that's last year getting into that buck, you know, I mean, it literally, I mean, it's over a mile where we hunt in into the spot. And, and they say that like it's a, it's the spot, but like there's just this area, this bedding area that is literally the only place that I've ever seen deer, like actually in the state of Michigan, Ohio is different, but like actively chasing, seeking just going wild and uh it's been really good to me and so i go out there and then i look at the wind and i look at kind of everything that's that's going on and i was able to take that and put myself here and there and there and then you know last year you guys had added the um i don't know what you call it but where you can see the the wind yep and our, our, 
or Huntland feature. Yeah. And so for those, you know, rut sits in the doe bedding areas, I mean, it, it, once I got in there and, you know, it's funny cause you talk about, I guess on here we talk about, you know, observation sits and guys, you know, stage hunting, kind of moving their way in. Mm-hmm. Um, like once I put all the pieces together and got to actually see what the wind track, you know, would be doing, that's exactly what that buck was doing. I mean, that's, that's why I saw those deer there. That's, that's what was happening. Um, and it was, it was pretty slick. And then, you know, what else have you added since then? I know that there's a few other things that I've noticed, but I know that there's also things that, you know, many people maybe don't even know about. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to earlier this year, I mean, our first big thing that we did, um, I want to say it came out in, in March, we kind of redid our offline mapping, um, feature platform. I mean, it, it was kind of a pain point for us last year because we had a lot of complaints about slow downloads for maps and this and that. And, you know, so we, you know, we listened and took that to heart and, you know, basically redid it from the ground up and kind of limited some options, added, um, you know, things into it that people just didn't realize you had to do, like turn on certain layers, you know, you had to, you had to turn on your, your satellite, your topography or your hybrid. If you wanted that in an offline map, now it's automatic. You know, when you download an offline map, you get all three of those options. You still have to turn on your layers, but we, we limited it. You know, we changed it that you have three different sizes of maps, you know, basically a low, medium, and high resolution. And I don't, this is getting way above my pay grade, and I don't understand all the computer stuff, but, you know, I think we changed, like, servers or something, and, and it made it, like, five five or six times faster to download offline maps. So that was our first big improvement for the year, you know, since we've talked last. And it's just made things so much better. And, and actually, when we did that, when you create an offline map, you know, cause some people will create a map and take it off their phone because they're not going there this year or they're running out of space on their phone. Anytime you create an offline map and delete it from your phone, phone it still stays in the cloud. You can basically download that, that exact map that you created. Um, cause you know, we just save it in the background for you. That's pretty awesome. Cause I mean, what comes to mind is when like, I don't know, it must've been three years ago now, uh, we were turkey hunting up North and like John and I literally had, between the two of us, all four corners around this piece that we ended up finding these turkeys on, and none of us had it downloaded. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> you know, when we had no service, and it was just, it was just crazy. But you know, we don't, we don't frequent that area, so there's no way, you know, there's no reason for us to have it on there. But it would be nice to know, like, I mean, I guess we know that we're right in the middle of all the right what we didn't have downloaded. Well, um, for, you know, for me, I'm headed to to Montana here, like we talked about it here in a couple of weeks. And man, I've got, I think I've got 150 offline maps saved on my phone right now from just the part of Montana I'm going to. Well, once I've done with that hunt, I don't need it, but I'm surely going to be going back there in a couple more years and doing the same hunt. So I could just put them all back on my phone and not have to search the area and find all these little spots that I, that I need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, part of that beta on that uh so yeah i do remember remember doing that and 
yeah, that I mean, I remember like when we first had base map, that was something that I had to keep telling people that like you have to remember those <laughs> the layers, otherwise you're going to get you know just whatever you've got. Yeah, and then right. it was nice to have the unlimited feature, but you ha- you did have somewhat of a limited resolution, right? Um, and in doing so, it's it's funny we were kind of going through this uh, in our our Patreon group through the uh, Marco Polo. And uh, they were asking, like, what is the difference between Onyx and uh, Base Map and the the resolution or the accuracy? And uh, we've had some questions about, like, the track following every, like, little tiny turn right. versus just going, you know, point A to point B you know, in general, but we did, we, so we've got one of our patrons runs an uh, ORV park in Illinois. Okay. And, uh, your competitor there, they've got another product with that has the like, road. Yep. The off road. Yep. And, uh, he said he's been like, like in touch with them cause they're trying to get all these ORV parks on there. And he's sending them base map screenshots saying like, why is theirs correct? And your <laughs> thing is wrong. It's very an- antiquated. <laughs> so, nice. so wh- I guess, can you explain that to people? Like, where do you get these different uh, layers and images? And why oh, are they man. different app to app? That's a good question. I don't know all the answers to it, um, but I'll do my best. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is public knowledge, Okay. You know, government land is is public. You know, BLM, um, national park, national forest. That's all public information that anybody can get, and it's just being able to put it into into the system. I think we get it that it's you know in a digitized form, and we just kind of plug and play it in. Um, You know, and then the private landowner information. There's various um, vendors out there that you can get it from, or we can go right to a county within a state or the state to get that information. But again, it has to be in a format that we can all use. And we update our maps more frequently than our competitor. I mean, we'll do GIS, our GIS, you know, or or private landowner stuff four times a year, and. Onyx does like one state once a year. Um, you know, I bought a, I bought a new house in, in December and by March, my name was listed on the property. It actually, our information was old and we re we refreshed it and it actually skipped two owners and, and showed my name. Hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've got something coming out tomorrow you know, if, if there's anybody on here listening in North Dakota, we've got something coming out tomorrow that I was working on with our GIS team late last week. So I've, I've bird hunted in, in North Dakota a lot. And the rules out there is if, if the property is not posted, you can hunt it. Okay, which is private. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Private property, you can hunt it if it's not posted. Well, North Dakota this year changed that they have electronic posting. Well, how the heck are you going to get that information? Right. Well, they had, I, I want to say landowners had until July 15th or something like that to file with the state that they're electronically posting their property as no trespassing. 
Well, tomorrow that layer is going to be in base map, and we just got that information late last week. Whoa. I mean, that, know, that's invaluable for a guy, especially for, like, you think about, like, if 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 John and I saw all the things that the hunting public are doing or, you know, a lot of these guys, the tethered crew, I know I just talked to Adrian Wilson this morning. He's going out there with the tethered guys, right? So you go out there to the spot you were at last year and you just wander onto the land because it's not posted. And next thing you know. Right. So, you know, one of our ambassadors that lives out in North Dakota, he's got a local television show, called me up and said, hey, you know, we've got this change that happened in North Dakota this year. You know, is there any way we can get get this on base map? I said, well, get me a phone number for a guy out there. And he did. And our GS, GIS department got a hold of them. And literally, I, I want to say that was on Thursday. And I got a message today that it's going to go live in, in the app tomorrow. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I mean, really quick. <laughs> really quick. You know, so stuff like that, it's about knowing kind of knowing who to talk to or that there were changes made. Um, you know, so I, I know Onyx has it also, but Onyx, I, I think, you know, because Onyx is so big, I think the state went to Onyx and said, Hey, we've got this change. And, but lo and behold, I found out about it. Like I said, now we're, we're going to have it as of tomorrow. <laughs> so where do they get the, the images and why do the images differ? Uh, again, that's that's based on different um, vendors that you use. So our our high res imagery, when you have satellite, or I'm sorry, when you have Wi-Fi or cell signal, is is Google imagery, Google Maps, basically. Okay. Um, on X uses a company called Mapbox. Okay, so their high resolution is a low is a far lower resolution than we have, um, just because the way Mapbox does their stuff, you know, for um, like downloading or, or the data, it's just lower resolution. So it doesn't eat up too much data. But for us, when we go to offline maps, um, Google does not allow us to cache or save offline maps using their imagery. One, I don't think we want to do it because the files would be so doggone big, but they just, we, they don't license it out. So our offline maps are also Mapbox. Okay. So their high resolution is our basically lower resolution, you know, is our, it's, it's lower resolution than, than Google, but you know, that's what we use for offline maps. And there's a whole lot of technical stuff that I don't get as to why that is, but um, yeah, Google doesn't allow us to use theirs for offline maps. So we use Mapbox, which is the same as what Onyx uses for their high res imagery. Okay. That makes sense because I, I think I, even John had that question yeah, like last like year, like looking at my map and then I download it and I'm like, man, it's not the, I can't zoom in or as, yeah, it's not as clear. <laughs> you can't zoom in as far necessarily. It's not as clear. Um, the date that the image was taken is going to be different. You know, people are like, you know, this looks different. doesn't look well. It's because it's a different service. Right. You know, we, we have to contract through them because Google doesn't allow us to do it. Well, I also guess that that's like, I don't know, ultimately like the lesser of two evils. Like, would you rather, and I don't, you know, I don't mean this like in a negative tone, like however it probably sounds, but like, would you rather have like a crappy image all the time or just have your downloaded version, you know, a little bit less than, 
Right. I, so, I would. I mean, you're doing your your pre scouting on the high res stuff, mm-hmm. so yeah, it looks a little bit different on offline, but you already have a pretty good idea of what it looks like. Yeah. You know, it, we've we've had people ask, well, why is why does it seem like base map is a little bit slower than on X? Well, again, our imagery is a lot higher resolution and that's a larger file to download. I mean, it's, it's might be like a second longer to load on cell service, but you know, people complain this takes longer. Well, look at the images. There's a big difference there. Yeah. No, I, like I said, that was just, that's one of the questions that, you know, I always pose, uh, get posed and then people want to know like, you know, really what's the difference, you know, if I'm in a, you know, cause, uh, <sighs> What is the other one? Is it like hunt stand or something yeah, like that? Hunt, hunt stand. There's um, there's Gaia. There's Huntwise. I think there's 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 so many competitors out there. It's not even funny. Now, if, if you're out west, you've got Go Hunt. Um, I mean, there's 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 definitely quite a bit of competition out there now. Well, because the first time I think I was ever like introduced to the mapping was the free version of hunt stand and you could download like uh, you couldn't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember if you could download the maps or not, but I know that you got like five property owners that you could look up for free or something, right. but it was right. so riddled with ads and bullshit that it was like, what the hell? So then Onyx was available. So it was like, well, I'd rather pay $30 for the year, you know, for my state for that. And you know, it was like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, we met up with you and saw your stuff and it was like $30 for the whole country. And we're going to, you know, Ohio and Idaho and all this stuff. And then like, good Lord, bring it up on the computer. And it's like, you mean there's how many uh, layers and things that you can right. check, exactly. you know? So, um, exactly. and you know, people ask about the difference in imagery. Well, I think they've got, I don't want to say they've gotten spoiled or they've gotten used to our imagery. Okay. And then when they're offline, it does look different. Well, they, they seem to forget about their previous life when they were using our competitor. And that was your imagery all the time. Right. Or you just had a map or, I mean, think about like what your Garmin E-Trek screen looked like. It was just a bunch of topo lines (laughs) and like some (laughs) pixels. That's like the old Atari. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Man, that's going way back. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, like I said, I, th- those are the questions that I get posed. Is like, well, what about like I use Hunt Stand right now? And I'm like, where have you been? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess you know if you've got your hundred acres, a couple counties over from Buffalo County, and there's big ones, you know, you're you'd be okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so our, our next biggest feature that came out in June and, and this one, this one, I know you guys saw cause it's pretty obvious on the, on the map or on the, on the app. Now you know, we kind of revamped the way base map looks, we've made it faster. Um, but we added that, that what we call XDR navigation, exact distance and range navigation where you can put on that, that, um, graduated, navigation line oh yeah i love that (laughs) yeah that has been a humongous hit you know because i i remember being in in wyoming last year 
and we had horses and i remember just walk like side hill in these mountains like god damn it when how far away are these damn horses that i marked <laughs> so I, I would crudely draw a line like oh my gosh you're still freaking half a mile away well now with this you can easily tell how far it is or where anything is you know with the digital compass and and the, the uh, line that shows you the distances well like where i feel like it would have been helpful um well, A is when, well, obviously when I was doing the ZZ Top with John, that would have been, would have been <laughs> paramount. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, so when we came back from Idaho, you know, we were looking at this vast landscape. So mm-hmm. when we knew where we had to go and it was from our camp to where we wanted to go was five miles one way. And that was just to like our, starting point for like where the elk were and when i got back home you know because your your phone screen doesn't change you know so all all that's changed is the scale well on the property that we hunt often um i was very much from that trip and i i would say this to anybody that goes out west and like really um gets out there and like tries to cover some ground. Um, I was very emboldened. Like when I came back, I was like, I was like, I can go anywhere because <laughs> that, that, uh, distance that I was traveling, I will most certainly hit a road or a landmark or a power line or right. something. Um, so here I am just traipsing around, looking around, and I'm like, well, I know the truck is back this way. I'm just going to get on this ridge and walk back there. And I pull up my map and I'm like, oh man, it's like all the way over there. Like, you know, one corner of my phone to the other one. And then I like, <laughs> I hit the the line thing and it's like 300 yards over there. And I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like here I am worried about like Crying, how long baby. it's going to take me to get back to the truck. You know, yeah. I'm like, I know it should be here. I should be able to see, you know, <laughs> but uh but yeah, I mean, and that was something that I felt like kind of just kind of snuck up on us. Like I opened it up. It was, I upped it, you know, I'm, I'm the worst uh, when it comes to like, I go to the, like my apps will just stop working and they'll like force me to update them. Update them. Yep. And then it's like, you got 47 things to update. And so a half hour later, I, and so I click on base map and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I'm like, Ooh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've been working. We had that idea for a while, um, you know, and we were excited to get it out, and and it's pretty sexy and works well. I mean, the the uh, the lines, you, you know, the the distances are super accurate. I mean, we were testing it on like football fields. Um, I'm a golfer. I play in a golf league on Tuesday nights, so I'm, I'd be standing in the middle of the fairway on like the 150 yard marker in the fairway, and I'd pull that up, and it was like dead on to the middle of the green. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know how they did it, but it is like really damn accurate. Yeah. I was just up in the, our upper peninsula and we were doing some hiking and, you know, my wife and then our friends and my buddy Mark is like, man, he's not a hiker. And we did like a six mile hike the one day and he's like, how much farther? I'm like, hold on. And I just pulled up. Oh, we got like 1.2 miles left or whatever, you know, and then right. 300 yards. You know, I'm like, that thing was sweet because normally I would do the, I would open it up and then draw a line, you know. Right. And you know now it's just, just zoom out, 
bam, you're right there. Right. And, you know, we, we did that. So you didn't have to draw that line, but then, you know, no other hunting app has that digital compass like that. Right. You know, that you're going to spin, spin the phone, like do a 360 degrees right where you're standing. The compass is going to follow you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it really helps, you know, for, for guys that are, are big into determining, you know, land navigation. Okay. Even if they have paper maps, you still have to figure out what the azimuth or direction is. You know, and, and this is going to help you with that. Well, I think about that because, like, <laughs> it had to have been, like, literally the week before that came out. I went and set another trail camera, changed out these batteries in my other trail camera. And this is, I took John out there. Like, it is not fun to go get there. And it's not easy to navigate. And... There's this one spot where I have to cross this creek and it's down in this gully and it's like all cattails on one side and then just all cedar and nasty. And like once you get into the cedar, it, you know, there isn't a lot of like landmarks until you get through there and you have to figure it out. Well, one of the things, and I think I talked to you about this before, is like that little arrow thing that says which way you're pointing. Yeah. I feel like on my phone it points like 180 degrees the like so if i'm facing one way and it says i'm it's pointing back at me and i'm okay. pointing my phone like the way that i'm looking like i would say like 75% of the time like it's it's hey, it's somewhere else tech tip turn your phone around i done i, I <laughs> Just, and i do that what? but like but like so so here i am like i mean i've been out here for like two hours scouting around and it's raining and like, or it had just rained and it was like super humid. So like, I'm completely soaked from head to toe. Yep. And as I'm coming back, it's like starting to rain. And I'm getting down in this area with this Creek and I know exactly where I am. Like I can see where I'm at on the map. It lines up to exactly where I'm at, but God damned, if I could find like which way I needed to go. Like I was just like, I might, I, you could have like put a blindfold on me and spun me around a hundred times. And this is, you know, this is why you get this easy top with me, you know, yeah. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is real. And so I'm, I'm looking at that. Well, I can't see far enough to do anything like one way or the other. So I, I go, okay, well, I'm going to, I have my track on. So I'm going to walk up here 20 yards and I'm going to see which actually direction that is. Well, then it's like, no, that's not the right way. So then I go back and I go back and I'm like, like literally like think of like a spirograph and that's what my track looked like. Yeah. Like when yeah. I'm right back to that same area and then literally the next week, that thing with the, 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 the gauge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's on there. And I'm like, I have a pin that says where my truck is. Like I could have just like spun it around, figure out like where it was. And end up like, you know, I have pins like throughout there, but it was like, I just couldn't get to them. It was like, yeah, it was like the son of a bitch. That, but like literally when, when that app reloaded and I opened that up and I was like, that's immediately where I went to. I was like, well, that would have been helpful yesterday. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So I, I think about that, like going into the woods, like, you know, it, it's great for the way that John was um, talking about it and like for you, but. I think about like going into a spot in the dark where like I have a tree marked and I know it's up here somewhere, but I don't know exactly how far it is. You know, I know that I'm getting close. 
I know what 20 yards is. I know what 60 yards is. I know what 100 yards is. Um, but in the dark, that's a little bit more difficult. But if you can just like hone into it, like, you know. Right. Especially sneaking in if you're close to a bedding area or something. Right. Well, well, right. Yeah. Because with, you know, with that new feature, it, you know, it's a whole new navigation mode too, because now you can literally navigate to that, that marker. I mean, it's, it's not a navigation like on the road where it's going to tell you to turn here and turn there. It's going to give you a line, but it's at least going to tell you that you're headed in the right direction and your bearings are off. Right. Yeah. So that makes things a lot easier, especially if you are, you know, trying to navigate to a tree stand or something in the dark. Yeah. I'm excited about it for this, you know, for for my antelope hunt last year, I was chasing those antelope and it's like, okay, no, they're over here. I ended up like crawling 300 yards on my belly, but it would have been, you know, now it's going to be all right. I cut across you, here and there. You lead it. You lead into the the latest feature that we dropped. You know, a couple weeks ago. That man, I am excited to use this feature out in Montana in a couple weeks, and you should be too, because it. You know, it. It. This is going to make your stocks so much easier. Um. So I don't know if you guys saw the remote marker feature that we have now. Yeah, you you told me like I'm at work and I got a text from Ed and it says, "Hey, pull up base map, like click here, click there, try this." I'm like, oh, look <laughs> at that! <laughs> right, so we we've got a remote marker feature now. Um, it's kind of man, this is going to be. I got to figure out how to explain this without all of our technical internal jargon. Um, I mean, first and foremost, with this, we partnered with Sig Optics six hour optics and they've got some new rangefinder devices that are coming out or have come out and as well as some older devices that have Bluetooth in them. So now base map will connect directly to a six hour Bluetooth rangefinder and it will transfer whatever you're ranging that antelope. Okay. And put the information into base map and drop, help you drop a marker. So if you range that antelope, at 300 yards, it's going to send 300 yards back to base map, and you can set with the phone azimuth, and it will drop a marker where that antelope is standing. So now you can make a little bit more educated guesses to where you should be going to stalk that thing, you know, if you're trying to use terrain or, or um, some sort of landmark to get behind. Yeah. But you don't pop over a ridge. It's like, well, I, thought, I thought that son of a gun was over there. Right. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Right. So with, with the SIG stuff, um, they've got a couple devices that are yet to be announced. Um, I think they're going to be announced this week. Um, they're like the high, they're higher end stuff, but they have a Bluetooth and the inclinometer, you know, to determine, um, you, you know, calculate the ballistics based on elevation change or, or, you know, up or down. But it's also going to have a digital compass that's built into the unit. So those units, you literally just range something, and it's going to drop a marker automatically in base map for you. Well, <laughs> you don't have to screw with anything. It's literally going to drop it right where, you know, whatever your range is. Then there's the other devices that are just Bluetooth. So you range it, it'll send the information back to base map, but you have to use that XDR line that, you know, that we were just talking about to determine the azimuth. As as to where the object is, mm-hmm. okay, and it will drop a marker at three hundred yards or whatever it sends back, or 
um, you know, unconnected devices, which is like 95% of the, the market, probably 99% of the market, you know, guys that are using any brand you could think of, you know, from a Walmart, you know, rangefinder up to, you know, Zorowski, it allows you to range something, you, you manually input the range, and then you still set the azimuth. So even on, you know, in Montana, you're, you're looking at a herd of antelope, range it, enter it, set the azimuth, and it'll drop a marker where it is again. So you can kind of come up with a game plan, how you're going to get to that animal. Yeah. And then, like you said, you can range a tree, drop a pin there, you know, like, okay, I got to get to that tree because I'll be behind them. And then I know from there, it's got another 50 yards or whatever, you know, so that. Right. I'll make sure to have my phone charged this year. <laughs> maybe maybe some water. And water, some chapstick. <laughs> uh, oh, chapstick is key for yeah. us flatlanders out west. Oh, yeah. I ended up driving like 40 freaking miles into Miles City just to get some chapstick, you know. Nope. Where, where are you hunting in Montana again? Um, oh, I can't remember the whole name. It's 40 miles back east of Miles City. <laughs> <laughs> So it's east of Mile City, so you're off of 94? Yep, yep. Yeah, I just okay. found some BLM land, and I just downloaded it on the base map, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to check this out on the way. And uh, you're, nowhere, you're nowhere near me then. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be south of you. Okay. I was going to check out. I had some other spots south of there, but I got so burned out that first day, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ba- base camp for me will be down in Broadus. Okay. About an hour south of Mile City or so. Yeah, I think I. So when I left, when I was heading home, I started the northern route on 94, and then I got to Mile City. And of course, I left Bozeman at like seven o'clock at night, which was a mistake because then I got over there and there were just mule deer everywhere. So I was like, yes. oh. So I stopped in Mile City and I pulled up base map and I'm like, okay, well, there's some national forest and I can shoot a cow elk over here. I'm like, I'll just drive down there and maybe get up in the morning and, you know, get lucky and shoot one. So it ended up being like a four hour freaking detour. <laughs> and I got to the spot and it was like a 10 mile. I'm, I could, you know, looking on it on the map. I'm like, well, it's just this little two track or this road, you know? And no, it was like a two track and it was like 10 miles oh, and no. it would have taken me another two hours to go down. I'm like, Oh, Forget it. I'm just going to head home. And end up, so it took me like 30 hours to get home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I stopped in like somewhere in Minnesota and tried to take a nap. And I had like three phone calls. And finally, I was like, after 45 minutes, I had maybe 15 minutes of sleep. I'm like, forget it. I'm just driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by that time, you're just running on caffeine and adrenaline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that remote marker. I mean, there, there's a million and one uses for it, but man, for like a spot and stock type of hunt, man, that's going to be key for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. So, I mean, that was something that we had been, we had been working on for a while and, you know, the original update in June with the, with the navigation and XDR, it was kind of the precursor to this because we needed that to do this. Right. Um, you know, and, and we've got an upgrade. I think it's going to be coming this year. We've got an upgrade to it, you know, for non-connected devices. That's going to be pretty, pretty badass. It's going to make it a little bit easier to use. I can't tell you what it is yet, but it's going to make, make non-connected devices a little bit easier um, to use on there. 
you know, so it's, we were super excited when that came out. And then obviously the partnership with, with the optics company. Man, you're, you're like the, the king of like, like little teasers. Cause I, kept, I mean, every time I text Ed or something, he's like, Oh yeah, I got something really cool coming out. It's supposed to be next week. Uh, I can't tell you anything about it, but just stay tuned. Like, I mean, like perpetually, like I, maybe he just has that like saved. He just hits like one B on his phone and that's what it says. That's what it sends out to everybody. <laughs> hey, it keeps me coming on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, what else do you have going on? I know that we we had talked about some other stuff, um, but I haven't like really seen anything about it, so I'm not sure. Yeah. So, um, last week we, I don't want to say we announced this because we haven't done anything on social, and there's been a few emails. Like we've been kind of doing a drip campaign on this, um, but one. This isn't really a feature. I don't want to call it a feature, but it's kind of a benefit or a service that we that we started last week. So, you know, do you guys, you know, when you go out west or anything, do you take any kind of like a satellite, um, you know, communi- two-way communication device, like an in-reach or a spot or anything? Yeah, yeah so we've got those. Yeah, we both have in-reach. Now, do you have any kind of like trailhead rescue service or anything like that with that, or you just have it. And if you hit the old crap button, you're praying that somebody's going to come get you. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I'm at. But I'll tell you what. So for, 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 and, and you can maybe use this as, as part of like what you're explaining, but like, I don't know if John had the same experience as I did. Maybe I explained it to him and you know, he, he wasn't as surprised or whatever, but like when you sign up for your inReach. Like, you know how you get pop-ups where everybody wants to add on something yeah. or whatever. Yep. It's like uh, the average cost of, like, rescue is X amount of dollars. And yep. for, like, yep. $7 million worth of coverage, uh, which covers, you know, helicopter and this and that and everything. It's like, that's like X amount of dollars. And I'm like, shit just got real. I mean, like, <laughs> like, right? like $7 million worth of like, like, do we really think that, like, you know, do we need to go that far in John? Like, do we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. You know, so I, I use a spot X, you know, device similar to an in reach. Okay. Mm-hmm. I literally don't go out in the field without it. Uh, well, last week, you know, so there, there are companies out there that you can get those services from. Um, you know, to cover if you have a problem. Uh, we actually partnered with a company called Global Rescue. Uh, they're based out in, I want to say they're down in like St. George, Utah or something, somewhere around there. And we had an update for Base Map that came out last week. Um, and now in that update, you probably didn't update the app yet. No, I don't. I don't, I don't do that very often. <laughs> now, now, when you hit the tools button at the bottom, you know, and it brings over the menu, there's a new button at the top that says EMS, like emergency services. Well, so we partnered with Global Rescue to offer a service to um, BaseMap users. You don't have to have a BaseMap Pro membership to buy this. Okay. It's $50 a year for $5,000 of trailhead rescue coverage. So in the app, if you hit the EMS button and you have global rescue and you, but you have to have, well, if you have cell service, the app will actually like call global rescue and get, or text them or email them so that they can, 
you're basically in touch with them live to figure out what the situation is and, and figure out they have to send a pack string of mules to get you or a helicopter or whatever the case may be. It's basically to get you back to your, your vehicle or the trailhead where, you know, then your, your um, medical insurance will kick in like an ambulance or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, you don't have, the reason I asked if you had an inReach or anything is that you can actually program the inReach or a spot or any of those devices to essentially get a hold of Global Rescue if you have this service. You know, because I with spot, it, it's expensive. It's it's really expensive to get, you know, a couple thousand dollars of coverage. And there's all these limitations, blah, blah, blah. You don't want to read the fine print. Um, but it, it's one thing that we again we've been working on. It's kind of a an add-on service that we're offering to our customers because a lot of people like us, okay. The three of us, we go out west and we have these devices, and what is gonna happen if we get into trouble. I mean, if you remember last year when we talked, I told you the stories about the grizzly bears that I encountered out in Wyoming. Yeah. Well, what the hell would have happened if one of those would have attacked us? Right. You know, how would I have gotten out of there? Um, so this is, this is like the latest thing that we had that we put in the app um, last week. I said, it is an additional 50 bucks a year, but it, it's, it, this is more of a peace of mind. Right. Type thing more than more than anything i mean you know i've got kids and i sure as heck want to come home to to my family and and whatnot and it's more of a peace of mind service than anything well and you know the the deer hunter podcast had them on and, and she's told the story on there but the um the lady from forlo one of their ambassadors uh, amanda you know we talk to her john and i when just talking about her experience but she was hunting in a spot you know she they're from montana she was in montana hunting in a spot that she knew really well and uh ended up killing an elk and couldn't i guess basically in the same position where i was except for it was that night where couldn't figure out which way to go and her batteries died because she was texting everybody saying that she had uh you know, killed an elk and her, you yep. know, your phone's blowing up. And then next thing you know, your phone's dead and you're in a place where you know very well. So all of your shit's in the car, you know, your handgun, your uh, right. compass, all this stuff. So she ended up spending the night out there and that search and rescue had to come. And she ended up at daylight finding her way back to the truck, but it was right before they were going to release the send, helicopter, send out the troops, you know? So, I mean, I don't know what that cost even for that level of support, but I mean. Yeah, she said that she was right. At, I mean, it almost cost her. She, she didn't end up having to pay anything, but if she would have been a little bit later, then the helicopter would have been in the air. So it would have cost her money at that point. Right. You know, so, you know, talk with Global Rescue, they said like an average cost for EVAC is like five grand. Okay. You know, so that, we, that's what we agreed to do. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, there are extenuating circumstances where it could probably be more than that. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, but you know, average is about five grand just to get you the trailhead. I mean, I sure as hell don't have five grand laying around to pay if I did something stupid and can't get out. Right. For 50 bucks. That's I mean, that's there. what's a hundred times coverage. Right. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So it's um, a penny so on the that, dollar. 
right. So that you know, that's the latest thing that we we had. I mean, we haven't we haven't pushed it on social yet. There's just been like like I said, some drip emails that have gone out to you know some people. Um, but it, it's man, it, this is one of those things where if, you know if you've got a family or or you know loved ones back home that you make sure you want to get home to. I mean, this, this is, like I said, this is one of those peace of mind things. We spend all this money on gear and guns and gas and hotels to get out there. But I mean, you really want your trip to be even more expensive if something happens. Well, that's like, I mean, maybe this is like the, the darker side of it or like the dark humor side uh, for me, but that's kind of where my mind automatically goes. But like, what a bitch from your perspective, um, you know, try, trying to manage ambassadors and do the marketing, like, all right, who's going to be the one to fuck up that we can, uh, we can use this as an example. Like we can throw the real hard marketing campaign, like, oh, John went down a heat stroke in the middle of Montana, hit his button. And the only reason that, you know, so John's all over the, the marketing campaign laying in the middle of a field in Montana. Yeah. I was close to that shit last year. Come on. Oh man. You know what? When I the last time I was hunting in Broadus in in eighteen, I was on the way back to my truck to get my spot and hit the oh shit button <laughs> because we had a buddy that wandered off and he may or may not have been trespassing. <laughs> I wasn't, but he may or may not have been trespassing and he disappeared in the fog. And we were like, "Where the hell is he?" He. He didn't have anything on him. He was chasing an antelope that he shot. Oh, man. It's starting to sprinkle. It's getting hazy, and it's getting dark. Like, what the hell are we going to do? And he didn't have his cell phone on him. His cell phone was in the truck. Um, we're about ready to call his wife. And, and, like, literally, I am on my way back to my truck to get my spot and hit the button. And his wife called my cousin's phone. And said, hey, you looking for my husband? <laughs> <laughs> he ended up somehow finding the highway. So we're in this county where there's no there nobody lives in this county. There's literally two paved paved highways in the entire county. He found his way back to one, stopped a, a semi truck, called his used the semi truck you know, driver's phone to call his wife. <laughs> Told his wife, you keep calling Stephen in until one of them answers their damn phone. <laughs> You know, but uh, again, you just never know. Right. I mean, I was in a situation where I literally was going back to get get my device and hit the button. I just pulled up mine. And so I'm the opposite, Adam. I hate the little. So on my iPhone, I can't stand when any of those little red buttons like the updates or anything. So I update my shit all the time. So I do. I hate all about it. I hate hate that. (laughs) I hate skin those things. Yeah. So I do have the EMS button. I see it. So. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if you hit it without the service, it'll, you know, pop up a screen and talk about it and take you to a website and yada, yada, yada. It's, I'm not trying to make a hard sell on this. I mean, literally this, for me, this is like a peace of mind thing. We spend all this money for these trips and there's always what if. Well, I also see like, I mean, your, your marketing campaign right there, like from like what you said, I just saw a meme that had it, uh, they'd already used it, but like the, the clip from the hangover where they're all fucked up and they're calling the, 
girlfriend saying, "Oh yeah, we got a we <laughs> fucked up, you know. <laughs> we lost Doug." Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's your story basically. Yeah, that was my story. Oh shit, we lost Steve. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> oh yeah, man, we when so once we figured out what was going on with him, you know, his wife said, well, he's walking, he thinks he's walking back to your truck. And we met at the truck at the same time, man, did we give him a tongue lashing and he had to take it. He, we made him buy us dinner and beer that night. Oh my God. We were, I was so pissed. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, I, I think that that's great. And if, and if that is like the average cost, I mean, cause I was thinking like, like I said, you know, when you sign up for the inReach thing, it says like a million dollars worth of coverage, and it's like, oh my god! But you know, a, a lot of that stuff is, you know, they they use them on un, you know, sailing trips around the world without a motor. You're right. on Antarctica, like, good right. lord, how much does it cost to get you from there? Like, right, you know, wherever I'm going, I walked there. <laughs> yeah. I, I may have fallen quite a distance, but. <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, I think, you know, a helicopter is, is an extreme situation, probably a search and rescue thing. But if it's a extraction, unless you're really injured, I mean, they're going to send a pack string of horses or something in to get you. Right. And that's got to be like uh, at least a couple cases of PBR or something. And- <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, I've been, I don't do our marketing, but I've been trying to work with our sales director who, you know, help facilitate this this deal and like hey man what what can we like tell marketing about what what kind of video can we create because he and i are both dads and we get it you know and just trying to think like how could we how could we market this and make it because yeah you don't want to be that guy that first guy that hits the old shit button and, <laughs> and, and you know we have an infomercial on you right. you don't want to be that guy but but you're going to be happy you're that guy if it happens but yeah, the cautionary tale. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, for me, it's just peace of mind because I, I said, I carry that, I carry that dang device everywhere I go, you know, out in the field and you just never know what's going to happen if you have to hit that button. All right. So what happens when it expires? Are you going to call us every 30 seconds from a guy from India that says your extended warranty has uh, <laughs> expired? <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be an auto-generated email that'll come out, you know, before it expires. I mean, it's literally been it's literally been on the market now for us for five days. So I I can't speak to what's going to happen a year from now. I, I'm sure there'll be an auto-generated global rescue service is about to expire. You want to do it again? Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, I I just was going to ask John. Like, I don't know. John's very much a like a do-it-yourselfer type of guy, so he doesn't strike me as the extended warranty type thing. <laughs> and this kind of like it falls like in that you know I, I, I don't know you can't buy like electronic toothbrush without him saying like do you want the extended warranty for a dollar ninety nine? So this kind of seems like uh, on like face value like like an upsell, like just trying to get more money out of you or is it necessary? But like, John, what's your take from, well, all I have to do is mention it in front of my wife and she'll be like, get it. <laughs> because like last year I was going out there by myself and, you know, when we went to Idaho, we had the one in reach, Adam bought it. And then we just, you know, basically 
just used it together. And then I was going out there by myself and, and then Adam was going out. He was leaving like before I was getting back. So there was no way we were going to, you know, share it. Right. So I'd mentioned it and my wife's like, just go buy one. Cause I don't want you out there if you don't have service, you know, so, so I'll definitely, uh, I'll just, I'll just bring it up in conversation and she'll be like, just get the service, get the insurance. Well, well, I mean, there you go. That might be the conversation you need to have with your, uh, marketing plan and it might need to come out like around father's day. Like, well, can't figure you know, out so what to get the, the it, guy that it, has everything. It's funny that you say that because, you know, as you and I have been talking over the last two months to like do another podcast and I kept telling you, man, there's something I'm waiting for or something I'm waiting for. And this was it. It was supposed to come out right before Father's Day. And <laughs> yeah. maybe we were going to have all this marketing, you know, tugging at the heartstrings of the moms with the dads going out to, you know, Wyoming or wherever this fall. Uh, but, you know, we ran into some contract nego- renegotiations and, you know, got delayed for a bit. But, yeah, it was some, we were supposed to launch this in early June, like at the same time as, you know, the, the update with the navigation. Yeah, because I like I'm like, well, I don't know if I can mention it because I'm like I haven't really seen a whole lot about it, but I remember like talking specifically about this and some other things, and it was like, well, I can't tell you about the other things, but what I can tell you about is this. <laughs> well, where the hell is this, man? Yeah, I didn't tell you about this because man, it was like uh, we were getting to a point where is this are we really doing this or what's going on here? There's just a lot of back and forth, and um, I mean, I, I get it. Yeah, it sounds like an upsell, but again you know for me and for me it's peace of mind and for anybody else because you know a lot of these guys have these in reaches and they don't have anything right that's what, you know, what happened so like with with me if i was out there i mean i was like on the edge of having a heat stroke if even if i which i didn't have my in reach with me at that point so <laughs> i just took off like an idiot and the only thing i had was my phone and which died what's that steve <laughs> right <laughs> well, i was chasing an antelope and i was like oh well i'm just a little bit farther well it ended up being like two miles and no water nothing but so even if i would have had my in reach with and i would have hit the you know the sos button be like well now just i just spent my next five years hunting you know my budget on getting rescued because but for 50 bucks i could have probably you know made it out <laughs> right yeah. right so i mean it's it's something that we like i said it's something we just put in the app and are offering um i'm not going to sit here and make a hard sell on i mean it's it's for everybody to determine if they need it you don't need an in-reach or a spot to use it but it's you know, something to really consider, especially if you are going out by yourself or, you know, anything like that. All right. So, um, uh, from, from that angle, um, uh, outside of the communication purposes, mm-hmm. um, can it replace the spot? So, or, or the in reach or whatever. So like, yes, yes and no. I mean, the drawback to it, if there is a drawback, is that once you lose cell service, okay, you know, hitting the button on the app is going to do nothing for you. Okay. Okay. Because I know that, like, I, I, for whatever reason, um, I just had this conversation, I think, today, but I'm like a, I'm somewhat nerdy when it comes to, like, 
the prepping side of things and like yeah. in the somewhat <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um but I know that like I'm super intrigued and like the first thing that I bought like at the beginning of COVID when I'm like I'm like when the world collapses because this is the first step. Um toilet paper? No. Well I mean I guess in a pinch, but I bought like a uh, ham radio textbook from like the late sixties or oh, early seventies. Okay. Um, and they actually have the technology to be able to send like packets of information that can be interpreted by a computer. If it had power to act right. just like a text and they actually sell like little devices that act um, line of sight, um, you know, up to like 300 yards that you can actually text without a any sort of uh interesting uh infrastructure um right. you know that it just has the program in it to be able to read i mean even if it was able to just send um like a morris code message over you know line right. of sight and then interpret it into you know you know from your text or whatever like i said very nerdy side of it but it, you know in airplane mode, you can still use your GPS data. You know, you can still uh, follow your blue dot follows you around. You know, the GPS, right. the satellites are still working. So I didn't know if there was the ability to send like one, like uh, uh, theoretical, like flare in the air saying, like, oh shit, like, like, like from that. Yeah, no, because the phones don't have that two station. Right. Satellites. I mean, you, you need a inReach or a Spot or a Bivy Stick or you know any of those things that are out there right now. I mean, there there's devices out there. Like this company Bivy that has this communication satellite thing, you know, that basically turns your phone into a satellite communicator. Okay. Um, it's a little bit different, a little bit different than like modern inReach, um, but it it has that capability. Uh, but your phone as a standalone definitely does not allow that because it doesn't have the right antenna. I mean, look at like an inReach or a spot. It's got those big like quad helix antennas, external antennas that you know, are made for sending that stuff two-way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the drawback is definitely if you lose service, you can't hit the button in the app and expect a response. Okay. Well, like I said, I think that that's important because if somebody said well oh shit i got base map and i got the ems services which it would work just fine if you had cell service but right you know you'd but, still be fucked yeah but for right but, but you could you could program into like the spot or the in reach the, the yeah phone number or email to to global rescue and it'll they'll still come get you yeah i was gonna say like for the guys like us that are going out west i mean like I said, my wife was like, no, you're not going out there. Especially when, I mean, we were in, you know, when we were down in like uh, southwestern Montana, there was no service. I mean, right. at all. Like, I mean, there was no, nothing. We actually, we climbed all the way up to the top of the mountain. Uh, it was like 9,000 feet. And we were actually, we stepped into Idaho and we had service for some reason. But, you know, the rest of that whole hunt, we were in the, we were in the dark and it's like, if you got to get a text out or something, you know, just to let your family members know that, Hey, you know, this is where we're at. We're going to be here for five days, whatever. So you're going to have that, but that's, you know, a definite, I mean, I had my base map going a hundred percent of the time. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, last year in Wyoming, literally every morning when we got to the trailhead, I would hit the, you know, the check-in button on my spot just to send my location, let somebody back home know where I was and that I was alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think about like, where I mean, think about where we were at in Idaho, where it was like, it was like a solid two or three hour drive, like from anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. and like, the the most telling portion of of like that trip and like where we were at was we uh well I won't say we I'll say somebody forgot their food I didn't forget it <laughs> we were planning on hunting for four days I didn't want the rest of my stuff sitting in the truck cooking <laughs> so we ended up having to go back and we were like well fuck it if we're going into town we're gonna get a beer and a burger. And we, we walk into this place that's literally like built out of like OSB. It's soaked <laughs> up all the beer in the county that's ever been spilled on the floor. The windows are plexiglass. And oh then my God. Up rolls this like F 350 and it's got everything that you could imagine because that truck went to town and now the whole town's there picking out the stuff they needed from Home Depot or like here or there. I mean, like everything you can imagine. Cooking in this oil. Truck. Yeah, everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> and like they were telling us that like a year or so prior, there was a rock slide. And it was like another four hours to go around the other way. So the mail would come down to the rock pile at a certain time every day and someone would climb to the top of the rock pile, get the mail, climb back down. And <laughs> no kidding. Like, I mean, that's like, that's where we were at. And that was the, the populated portion. That wasn't like where we were hunting. You know? yeah. Wow. That, that is insane. So that's like going back in time. Yeah. It, it was a little bit, it was, it was pretty neat. Cause like there was a lot of like, um, of like the overland um, motorcyclists. So you'd see these yep. guys that were like covered in dirt and beat to shit stuff, like gypsies hanging off their bikes, you know, on like the KTMs and BMWs and stuff. Yeah. And they just roll up. Like they've got the goggle marks on their face and like the whole works. <laughs> and it, I mean, it was, it was super cool. And I, I mean, we definitely have a, a bone to pick with that place. Like we, we got to go back, but yeah. um there was zero service even when we were in the town or, you know, anywhere. Right. So trying to, you know, have like normal everyday communication. Like when you say go back in time, it's not like going to the old West. It's like going to the eighties where everybody didn't have a cell phone and you didn't talk to everybody every two seconds. Right. Right. Those are the only people in the country that still have a landline. Yeah. 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 And probably dial up internet. Yeah. (laughs) If you're lucky, rotary if phones. You're lucky, if you're lucky, yeah, pay phones are strong in <laughs> those portions of Idaho. I bring my kid there. We're like, what is that thing on the wall? It looks like a phone. Well, it is, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> I wonder if pay phones even work anymore. Are phone calls still a quarter? They're probably dollars now. Well, I was up in uh, last year. We were up in the UP, and we were in a little town called Hassel. We walked. My wife and I were walking down the corner, and I was like, "Holy crap! There's a payphone still." I walked up, and it's just like no guts, and it's just like there. Like, oh no! Oh, I wanted to make a call. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, like I'm from the era of like 
you're at the uh, the movies and you go to the payphone, you make a collect call to your mom and so say your name and you say, <laughs> movie's over, come pick me up. <laughs> like, and then right. hang up. So. <laughs> right. Or I'm going to call you, make sure the phone rings twice because I'm only going to let it ring once. That's me. Come get me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so that, that was what payphones were for, kids. Like for those of you who are familiar. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did that a lot. Oh man. I mean, you might be able to see, like, like you said, that phone book or that, uh, that phone on the wall, but are you going to see a phone booth anymore? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, so what else is coming on for, uh, for base map coming up? Mr. King of the teasers. <laughs> um, well, I wish I could tell you, I mean, we, we definitely have some, we definitely have some more stuff coming. Um, and we've got, like right now we're just trying to work on a few, you know, performance upgrades and, and things like that. But we've, we definitely have some stuff in the hopper that should keep you guys excited. I don't know what's necessarily coming out yet for 2021, but uh, we're already gearing up for, for features and, and updates for 22. Sweet. Awesome. But it'll, it'll be good. There'll be some good ones. All right, so uh, for you know, for people who aren't familiar with uh, base map or how to do it or how to use a discount code, um, what are the things that, like for for base map? Uh, just a, a nutshell, how do you download it? Is there a free trial? Uh, any of that stuff? Uh, there is not a free trial yet. I emphasize yet. That may or may not be something that's coming. Um, but isn't there a free version? We we do have a, we do have a free version, you know, that gives you very 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 limited um, information. It has it doesn't show any kind of property boundaries. It doesn't show like who owns what. I mean, it's very limited um, as far as what's in the basic version. Um, yeah, I think I was stuck on that for a while when I had the wrong email address. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think I've had to change that eight times for you. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think we should give John's email address uh, on on the air, maybe for the Patreons and the Marco Polo. Um, <laughs> his eyes are so big; he's like he's like frozen <laughs> solid right now. Yeah. Um, um, no. Yes. <laughs> so to, down, to download it, you go to iTunes, you know, you know, the App Store or Google Play, and and look for Base Map. Download it. Create an account. Um, I mean, it's 30 bucks a year for all 50 states, but I know that, you know, you guys have a discount code, um, that you offer up. What I will stress though, is that if you're going to use these guys, you know, the discount code that these guys will offer up to you, you have to do it on a computer. You cannot enter discount code if you're doing it on the app store or Google play, because for one, they take their cut. So they don't want, they don't want to discount it. Um, so you have to do it on a computer, you know, to redeem the, the discount code. Cool. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. It's been fun. Like it was, you know, I, we were talking last night, John's like, who's on the podcast tomorrow? I said, Ed, and he goes, Oh, base map. All right. Hey, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we have had some good conversations over the Oh, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all we got for the evening as far as uh, the podcast goes. So thanks for coming on. You bet. Pleasure to be here.